You guys can be seated. I, uh, I want to just go right out from the gate, and I just want to tell you, if you are a first-time guest, uh, or if you're tuning in for the first time online, or you just visited a house church for the first time, today is going to be very, very, very different than normal. Uh, we have been working for the last several weeks towards uh, today and what we are calling our official Giving Sunday, that that is what today is. Over the last uh, few weeks, we've been in the middle of a series we're just calling a vision series, and that the heart of this series, the heart of the weeks uh, that we have spent have been uh, twofold, to celebrate all that we have seen God do over the last 10 years and to lay a spiritual foundation in our life and in the life of our church for what we know and believe he's gonna do for the next 10 years. And the things that have taken place over the last several weeks uh, have been huge. Some of them have been massive. So I wanna fill everybody in on and remind everybody of one or two. Uh, we officially closed the deal on the land and, and with the banks and everybody's on the same page and it's locked and loaded and we will break ground and within the next two weeks. So that was kind of news to us, which is awesome. That's awesome. And the timeline uh, up to this point has been around 14 to 18 months uh, from when they break ground. But uh, the builder and the team reminded us uh, of a decision that we made uh, as a leadership team months and months ago that we forgot. We just forgot how awesome we were. Uh, we made a decision to pre-order the steel. And, and we did that decision believing that it would save us time and money. And it saved us to the tune of about a quarter million dollars, which was incredible. That's incredible too. But we forgot that we did it. And so we... In the, in the phone call, we, there was a conversation about time and, and, and the 18 month time period was thrown out and the builder quickly reminded us and said, no, you already pre-ordered the steel. That's where all the time frame was coming from. Uh, it went out through a bunch of other things he said, I'm sure of all it was important. But he said, basically from the time we break ground in two weeks, the time you're in the building at the most would be 12 months. So that's absolutely, that's crazy. And so uh, we will, once the building gets done, there'll be a transition period probably, but our, our confidence is that we will be full-blown in the building long before Easter 24, which is just an exciting thing. That's an exciting thing. And I'll tell you, I would love for you guys to clap. There's a lot of exciting stuff today, and I don't want your hands to get worn out, but you clap as much as you want to. Uh, but if you, don't feel, if you don't feel like you want to do it the whole time, because just when, when there's so many good things going on, it's just hard to, it's hard to know when to stop. Uh, but... I want to tell you this. I'm, I have never, in 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 ten years, I've, I've been I've been leading this house for ten years now. I have never come to a Sunday in ten years where I did not have a message to preach. And this morning's the first one I come to. Over the last several weeks, leading up to this Giving Sunday, and and I want to remind everybody the heart of what we're doing here. Um, we are obviously building the building and we're expanding. We believe that the building is the hub, that it's the foundational piece for the next step for the next 10 years to do and see God do all of the amazing things that he's calling us to. 
um, that God's opened up this door, this incredible door for house churches and, and churches at home. And this was something God opened up during COVID for technology and broadcasting. And it started off with just a few families uh, and homes. And then people started to invite people over and they became full-blown house churches. And now at this point, uh, there are uh, hundreds of house churches all over our state, all over the country, and even some established in different parts of the world, which just is incredible. It's something we did not see coming. It's something that I wish that I wish I could tell you we sat around in a meeting some years ago and we were like, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be great for the kingdom and let's plan it and strategize it. This was something that God just did. And that's the beauty of God in the way that he leads us. He just opens things up and provides us on the way. And this has become a huge dominant uh, part of our church. We minister to more people outside of the building on Sunday mornings than we do inside the building, which is just incredible. And yeah, you can clap for that. And, and all of the, and as we've gone through the building project, we wanted to keep the, the debt involved at a very, in a wise space. And so we believed that the, all of the furniture, the technology, the broadcasting, the worship, everything from the worship equipment to the chairs, uh, to stuff in kids ministry, to the actual broadcasting systems and all that technology, that all of that we wanted to pull out of it and, and, and basically offer the church to give towards that. And that total is 1.4 million. And that's what today's about. That's the heart of what Giving Sunday is about for us for the first First time in 10 years, sacrificially giving towards God and his purpose and his plans uh, in our church and in our community and in and, and, and the culture. And that's the heart of what we want to do today. And so we've, we've led up to this moment. We've, 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 we all know we're here. I know there's some first-time guests. Please come back. Please come back. Uh, uh, if, you know, we don't expect you to give anything this morning unless you just want to, but our heart, our heart is not uh, for you to give to just sit and watch God be awesome. That's our heart for you this morning. Um, but over the last few weeks, kind of leading up to this moment, I have been praying constantly, studying constantly, Lord, you know, what is the message for that? I, was, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt the message I was going to preach every other week in this series up to this point. I knew the Giving Sunday, uh, the Giving uh, message from two weeks ago, uh, the message from last week, I just knew weeks in advance. But I've just been in studying and praying, Lord, you know, what's the message? And I've been overwhelmed with this one thought. And so this is one of those things where I just have to come to the Lord and trust the Lord and just be honest with you about where my heart is. And I was overwhelmed over the last few weeks with this one thought. And then I got to this week and just as I studied and prayed, overwhelmed with one thought. And that is just this, that God is great beyond our imagination, that God is greater than we could ever comprehend. And and I, I really, truly, in multiple times this week in prayer, I just was overwhelmed with just getting up on this stage and just acknowledging the greatness and the goodness of God. To just come to a place in a moment where we understand that everything that is, is because God made it, is because God designed it. That every living creature in heaven and on earth exists by the will of God and the will of God alone. That, that everything that we have ever seen and everything that we have ever experienced and everything that we will ever experience, it exists only because of the greatness and the goodness of God. That everything that we have in our life, every ounce of hope we have in our life, that, that, that everything that we call good, everything that is righteous and brings joy to our hearts and our minds, everything that gives us hope for an eternity, all of it is because of God's greatness and God's goodness, that God is truly great beyond comprehension. 
that there is, is no word, that every, every word and every language throughout all of history uh, could fall short to be able to describe the greatness and the majesty and the splendor and the goodness of God. That, that, that if, if all of the minds and all of the human intellect were be able to come together and to create in all of our combined imagination how great God truly was, we would still fall short. I want to remind you that just over the last year, uh, the amount of craziness that was set into our culture and into our world because a scientist created a giant glorified camera that goes way off into space and takes pictures of stuff, and we are mind blown by it. And then we don't stop to think about the in all of our intellect, in all of our wealth, in all of our greatness as mankind, the greatest thing that we could do to get to the ends of the universe is to create a camera to take some pictures of what we think is out there. If we can't even get to the ends of this known universe, how do we ever think we could figure out the greatness of the God who created it? Like God is, is beyond our imagination and he is great. And I've just been overwhelmed with that thought and with that reality. And my heart this morning is just to stand on this stage before you and before this world and just to declare and to acknowledge the greatness of God. And, and as I did study this week, I started to realize that this, this was not abnormal. That in fact, if you go through and, and you study uh, the time when Moses first took up a first offering for the very first tent of meeting or the very first uh, physical building built for the purposes of God, and you go through and you study 1 Chronicles 29, which we'll be in for just a minute in just a second, and when David uh, gave and asked the, the Israelites to give for the first temple of God, or you go to Hezekiah when there was an offering taken up uh, to reinstate the temple of God and the worship of God and for them to give to the purposes of God, that where all of it ended was the leaders or the, the heart of those people recognizing and realizing the greatness of God, seeing the provision, seeing that God is the source of all things and then glorifying him. And so as I, as I read this, I wanted to bring us back uh, to 1 Chronicles 29. If you were a part of uh, the, giving or, yeah, the giving message from two weeks ago, we preached predominantly out of 1 Chronicles 29. And the setting here is that, that David, based off what he knew of Scripture, based off what he knew the heart of God was towards giving, that he learned from Moses uh, in, in the writings of Moses, that he wanted to bring an offering to the people, an opportunity uh, for people to give, and that he's even stepped down just for a moment from the kingship, and just on a personal level, he offered up the opportunity to give, and he gave personally, and then the leaders gave, and the people gave, uh, and they were faithful, and David reminded them that giving was a voluntary thing, that giving was a, a, a heart of worship. It was a part of worship, and that it should always be done with a willing heart. And he got that from Moses. And in, in uh, Exodus 35, during this first offering, the command that God gave Moses was not for the people to give. The command was for Moses to give the people an opportunity to give. And that even the language that God used with Moses that caused Moses to use this language, he said, we only want people to give out of a willing heart to be able to give as an act of worship. 
That God's heart towards giving is that his house and that his, his, his temple and that his house of prayer and that anything that is built for him or for his purposes, he wants it only built on worship. He doesn't want an ounce given out of manipulation or religious guilt. He only wants it to be worship. He wants his house of worship to be built on worship. And so this was what David's heart was. And he came and he brought it before the people and David gave and the leaders gave and the people gave. And then what was left was this great abundance. God had provided everything they would ever need through this moment. And David's first response to this and this is what I want to read today in 1 Chronicles 29.10. David's first response to this was to not just thank God, to not thank God for the provision. And it wasn't to thank God for the faithfulness of the people. And it wasn't to thank God even for the opportunity. The first thing that David wanted to do in response to this moment was to acknowledge the greatness and the goodness of God. And I want us to read this in 1 Chronicles 29, 10. It says, this is immediately after the giving process was over and they saw the abundance and all that God had done. In verse 10, it says, then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly. Far too often, we consistently think about the idea of God blessing us, but almost never think about the reality that we can also bless God. That the greatest ministry that a human being will ever be called to is not ministry to people, but it is ministry to God. It is the worship of God, the acknowledgement of God, to glorify God, to, to give unto God, and to bow our lives down to God and to praise his name for who he is and all that he's done. And this was David's heart. He said, then David blessed the Lord in the sight of all the assembly and said, may you be blessed, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in heaven and on earth. It all belongs to you. He wanted to make sure that every single person there understood. He wanted to make sure that everybody who would ever read this, he wanted to make sure that history knew that God was the creator of the universe and that everything in heaven and everything on earth was his and it all was for him and that we got to play in a, a part in his plan. We, we got the opportunity to be a part of this great moment and David wanted everybody to know he's setting this up so that all of our hearts and all of our minds would know that God is God and that it is his creative ability and that it's our, his love for us that brought everything into existence and brought us into existence, that it's God who lets us share in his reality, that we did not create the heavens and the earth, though some of our children do believe that. Amen. You don't have any spoiled brats. <laughs> that David's mindset is that far too often that we forget this very basic, simple, but mind-blowing reality that God did not need us in any way, shape, or form, but he desired for us to share in his reality and his existence. That we have breath in our lungs because he gave it to us. That he wanted to, out of love, he wanted to share himself with us. That he created the heavens, he created the world and gave it to us. 
so that we could share in it and be with him and experience his presence and experience his love and be a part of his purpose and be a part of his plan, that God deeply loves us in your existence is all the evidence you should ever need to know that God loves you. You exist only because he made you. He did not have to make you, but he chose to make you because he wanted you to be in his reality and to be a part of his existence. That all splendor, all greatness, all glory, all authority, all dominion, all power, that all of it is God's. And that everything that we have in life, we have because he has given it to us. He goes on to say, yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. And you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you are the ruler over all. And your hands are power and might to exalt and give strength to all. Now, therefore, because all this is true, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes from you and from your own hand we have given to you. For we are foreigners and strangers in your presence. And as, and as were all of our forefathers, our days on earth are like a shadow and without hope. O oh Lord, our God, your hand comes, all this abundance that we have provided to build you a house to your holy name, and all of it belongs to you. I know, my God, that you test the heart and delight in uprightness. All these things I have given willingly and with an upright heart, and now I have seen your people who are present here giving joyfully and willingly to you. O oh Lord, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, keep this desire forever in the intentions of the hearts of your people and direct their hearts towards you. This was David wanting to reiterate to the people and to remind the people of God's greatness and God's goodness towards us. He wanted to remind them of where they come from. He wanted to remind them both physically and spiritually that we are nothing without God. He wanted to remind them of, of who he was, of where he came from, because he remembered that he was a shepherd boy, that he was in the fields with the sheep and that God found him, that God saved him, that God changed his heart and raised him up through the course of his life. So David, out of everybody, understood that everything that he had in this moment, he only had because God gave it to him. And David's heart was that for not, not one single person would do anything in this moment except glorify God and worship God, both with giving and then with thanks and gratitude that we get to be a part of his plan. And what David's heart was in this moment, what Moses' heart was in that moment, what Hezekiah's heart was in that moment is my heart, and I believe our heart this morning, and that is simply to glorify God and to acknowledge his greatness and his goodness. And as I think back over the last 10 years, the Lord reminded me of something this morning. I remember the very first uh, time we were in a little warehouse and I was preaching a message. It was the first, um, second or third message that I, that I had preached. And a man at the end, and it was, and I just want to, again, I always tell the story. I just think it's funny to always tell it. I, I, the, the first few weeks that I, we came before we planted, there was about 45 to 50 people. And I preached for six weeks, and half those people left. They just vanished like they were never there. There was only 20 people there. So I didn't know how to take that personally. But uh, the thing that God did in that, as half the crew left, that first, uh, the week after 
people took off, really. I was, my heart was, I was just kind of like, well, maybe I just messed this whole thing up. And I remember just being overwhelmed. I was in this little closet and I was overwhelmed with God's power in that moment. I was weeping. I was, I was sad. I was being faithless, maybe a little whiny. And I got up and I, and I preached one of the worst salvation messages that has ever been preached in the history of the world. I just want to point that out to you. It was, it was that the whole time I was like, people are going to get unsaved at the end of this message. But when I got to the end of the message and I, and I gave an altar call, a man sitting on the back row, his name was Chris. He had been weeping and he ran to the front of the altar and he bowed down and he just wept and wept and wept and wept and he gave his life to Christ for the first time on that Sunday. And what the Lord did in that moment was he reminded me of his greatness and his power and that it is not dependent upon our power. It's not dependent upon our ability. That it's not dependent on, on talent. It's not dependent on someone's ability to speak. Uh, Paul speaks of this when it comes to the gospel. He says, when I showed up, because I didn't show up with clever arguments. He said, I showed up preaching only the gospel so that you would hear and experience the power of the Holy Spirit so that you knew your salvation was not dependent on my ability to argue or to debate, but on the power of God and God alone. And I believe that what the Lord did that day, because I could not reiterate to you how horrible of a message it was. And I could not, the, the emptiness of the room, the fact that half the people left in the first few weeks, the fact that I had never felt smaller in my entire life. But it was in that moment and in that setting that God chose to save the first person in this movement. And he changed his life and his whole family forever. And it is always geared into my heart from that day, from that day forward, that everything that happens, that every place that we go to, everything that we experience, every life change, every baptism, every dollar given, every building built, every expansion, everything that we do, it will never be done by the might and the power of human heart, human mind, human intellect, or human strength, but only by the greatness and the power of a living God. Amen. And I believe that in this moment, I believe that today in this moment, I believe that God is gonna do something incredible in our midst. I believe it. And I believe my heart is right this morning. Though I don't necessarily have a message to preach, the overwhelming truth that God is great. He was great yesterday. He is great today. And he will be great forever and ever and ever. And though he does not have to, he continually proves his greatness and his faithfulness to us because he loves us deeply. And so this morning, I want to share my heart. And my heart is that God is great and that everything that happens this day, everything that's happened the last 10 years and everything that will happen over the next 10 years, it will happen because of God's greatness and he receives all glory and all honor and all power, all authority, majesty, splendor, and praise for he is the living king of kings. And so I want to give this morning, I want to open this up. The band's going to come up here in just a minute. And during the first service, it was incredible to see. The room was packed out. 
and to see people coming and giving. And, and I believe that we're going to see the same thing here in this moment. And I want, I want to uh, walk through the practical side of this really fast. If, if, if you walked in, you'll see that there is an envelope on every single chair with a pencil or a pen. Um, and if you didn't see it, you're probably sitting on it. Um, <laughs> And, and this, is, this is the heart of what we want to do. We know there were some already some checks and stuff mailed in this week to the church. Um, there's some people part of our house churches that have, that have given already. Um, but if you're in the building, and, and if you are at a house church, in just a few minutes, there's going to be a video that pops up and walks you through everything that you need to know. Uh, so just hang tight for a second. Um, but even if you've already given digitally, you've given online this week, and you're in the room, we want you to be a part of this. Um, and so on there, on the envelope inside, there's two things. There is a card, a giving card with a QR code and a text to give that will take you directly to where you can give uh, by phone or give digitally with, with your card or, or whatever. Um, and then there is another card in there that has a place to put your name and how you're going to give either digitally, you know, online, check or cash, and then the amount. And so our heart is the way that God orchestrated this in Exodus with Moses, with David in 1 Chronicles 29, with Hezekiah, uh, was to create a worship moment where people would come forward and just worship God in their own way. And so up at the front, we've got three uh, giving containers, and they look like little, little wooden chests. Um, and our heart is for you to fill that card out. If you have a check, put it in there. If you have cash, put it in there. If you give digitally, check the digital or online and then write the amount. Um, and in the right moment, uh, when we start to worship in a minute, everyone, you can just get up and start coming down to give. So I want to walk through this because I think our church has a lot of strengths. We're good at a lot of stuff. But doing what we're about to do, we don't have a good track record. Even in communion, we just have people lumped up over here and it takes a while. So this is what we want to do. We want everybody on this side uh, to come up and, and to walk down this aisle and put your offering in this chest and then walk around that way. And Terry uh, will be here to create a wall so that you don't get lost. Um, and then everybody in the middle would come up and come down this way, give to this one. And then we go around this way and dad will be here to make sure you don't get lost. And then John and Jen will be on this side to make sure you don't get lost. They'll help direct you. And then if you're on that side, same thing, come down this aisle, given that, and then go around. Um, if you're already ready to go and prepared, then you can do that. If you need a few minutes to pray or, or to write things out or to give, then you do that. But I, I want to reiterate this. This is a moment of worship. This is a moment of giving sacrificially. This is a moment of offering and investing in God's kingdom and the future of this church, what God's done and what God's doing and what God will do. Um, and I just want to read, if this is your first time here, please feel no pressure to give, none whatsoever. You just, you just sit and enjoy and come back next week. Um, but this is a moment of worship. And so our heart is that we would give, we would give faithfully, we would give willingly, we would give sacrificially, but we would give most of all out of a heart of worship that we would glorify God in this moment. And our heart is, is when uh, I pray and the band begins to play, you guys come when you're ready. Uh, the first service, they just, they just, they just came. Um, and so if you need a minute, you wait. But if you want to come, come when I get done praying. And then we'll worship God and, and we'll just believe uh, just in an incredible way that God is going to do something amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, I come before you, Lord. I thank you so much 
Lord, you are holy, you are worthy. God, you are great beyond our imagination. And I pray, oh Lord, that you would see in this moment, God, that you would see our heart of worship for you. Lord, we wanna give to you this morning, God, knowing that everything we have, we have because you've given it to us. Father, we come, God, as David said, we come willingly, we come cheerfully, God, we come excited to give and to offer you. Lord, we love you and we trust you. We believe in you. We are thankful for all you've done over the last 10 years. We're thankful for what we've got to be a part of, God, and we are even more thankful and excited about the next 10 years. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your goodness. We love you and we trust you. In your holy name, amen.